0: Welcome to Being a Successful Leader with Carl Welty. Carl is a leadership pioneer with years of challenging leadership and consulting experience. Here's Carl with some valuable insights, practical and proven methods for being a successful leader. Uh, good day. Uh, Carl Welty here, your host of the uh, podcast series, Being a Successful Leader. Welcome to another episode. Uh, we have 26 episodes uh, a week apart, each episode. Running from uh, 15 minutes to a half hour. Um, three, uh, imperatives I have that I built the uh, podcast around. Uh, the first one is, uh, you as a, as a leader, being a, uh, skillful self-aware leader. The second of the three imperatives is formulating and executing a sound strategy. And the third is to develop a, a construct a, a climate a culture of commitment. So you need all three, an effective leader, you, it all begins with you, having a sound strategy, who are we, what do we stand for, and then having people rally around that uh, with a, a committed culture. Uh, we're in the uh, ending part of the uh, middle uh, imperative. Uh, what we've been doing is uh, on the sound strategy is walking through my strategic framework model and uh, we we uh, talked about the identity dimension uh which is all which is your foundation this is what you drive off of everything flows from your identity your purpose and your core values and then we moved into uh the direction uh dimension and that consists of uh, a sound strategy and uh having a vision and then uh, driving strategies from that vision and then uh, actions to uh, implement the uh, strategies. And uh, the uh, final uh, dimension in my strategic framework model is execution, because uh, it all fails if you don't, uh, as a leadership team, really uh, have due diligence to make it uh, make it happen. Okay, um, for. Uh, your reference, uh, uh, my website, wealthy.com. You can go there and catch up on any of the past episodes. You just scroll over to, uh, leadership resources and then you can find, uh, in there the uh, podcast uh, icon. Just click on that and uh, click on any episode that you want to uh, visit or, or revisit. Very handy to have. Also, the, my books are there and the book that uh, pertains to, uh, what we're talking about now to sound strategy is called making and fulfilling your dreams as a leader. complements what we're talking about very, very nicely. gives you more detail, uh, charts, graphs, that sort of thing. Um, and for your continuing reference. So highly recommend that uh, to you making and fulfilling your dreams as a leader. So let's talk about the, uh, the, uh, executing the sound strategy, the episode for today. Uh, extremely, extremely important and uh you and your leadership team you need to be in genuinely involved in an ongoing basis uh for executing your strategy you could have done a great job in in formulating it but uh, executing many times organizations fall down on this they figured well we did it we rolled it out and uh, but rollouts just don't work you got to have uh due diligence you've in fact uh Execution is job not for you leadership and you got to give it all it deserves so let's talk about uh, some key pieces com- key aspects here in working the strategy one is communicating the strategy here you want to assure that that uh, the folks uh, understand and and uh, gain commitment uh for the strategy uh you want to use various uh, mediums you know in person uh your uh, uh in-house uh, memorandums letters uh uh presentations videos whatever whatever suits uh, uh the mediums that you use in your organization and repetition repetition is important you just don't send out a, a a letter saying here it is and so forth or to give one presentation you need to continually be with it and 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 communicating this uh, either in person or video whatever your leadership voice you need to think about more than just the content and the rationale. Uh, that's important. There are three main things with your leadership uh, voice. One is the content of the message or messages, you and your leadership team, and, and the rationale for the strategy and, and, and uh, the background. The other is emotion. So you have the content, uh, including the rationale, and then the emotion. Uh, you got to get some feeling into this thing. Why is it important? Uh, what are your uh, hopes and concerns? And make it personal. People will will lock on to the emotion uh, a lot faster than just the the facts, the content. And the third. Is symbolic. In other words, you have three facets to your leadership voice, the content, the emotion and the symbolic. So tell stories, uh, use metaphors, use examples. And that really drives home what you're trying to communicate. So the leadership voice give due consideration to all three, uh, mediums here, the content, including the rationale, uh, the emotion and the symbolic. You and your leadership team need to do that as you communicate your strategy. Uh, so communicating strategy is one, uh, key leadership practice. Another key leadership practice is living the strategy. Again, job number one for you and your leadership team. You need to model away by, by walking the talk and talking the talk on an ongoing basis. And you got to make sure when you, uh, you, not only you, but you need to, if your organization is, is large enough that you have You know, leaders, uh, managers underneath you, you need to uh, really concentrate on how to cascade the sound strategy. It's just not enough for you. In fact, you know, research continually shows us that people look to their immediate leader managers to get the key to help them translate uh, direction. And so your, your leaders, managers down the line need to be really tuned into this. And you have to make performance matter for them. To communicate the uh, sound strategy and implement at their local level, you want to have a structure that uh, the different departments and regions and so forth with their uh, strategy to implement the overall strategy, align and support, align and support the overall organization strategy. And that's a very important job for you and your leadership team. Again, to help them communicate the strategy down the line and to how to implement it and having a sound structure there to, uh, to help them do that as they go ahead with their, uh, goals. The thing of a hierarchy of goals is you cascade those down into goals, always aligning and supporting the overall, uh, sound strategy. Um, and it's an invaluable coaching opportunity for you for your immediate reports, but down the line, uh some great coaching opportunities for leaders and managers down your organization uh, line. Let's talk now about uh, another key aspect here, helpful operational mechanisms. So we talk about your leadership behavior. You've got to make it matter and model the way. Uh, but uh, some key operating uh, uh, mechanisms here for your consideration. More than your consideration, I'd say these are musts. Number one is that you got to make sure that uh, depending on the rigor of your budgeting system, that your strategies are supported. Or they're built into your uh, budgeting system. Of course, that'll vary from organization to organization. You may have some strategies that go over several years. So you've got to make sure that they're properly funded. Uh, A second very, very, very important uh, item here in terms of operational mechanisms is strategy meetings. You want to separate your operational meetings your staff meetings and so forth and so on from your strategy meetings. Uh They're both important operational meetings to typically talk about the, the tactics, the current kind of thing. And your strategy meetings, of course, will be longer term view. Um You don't want to, uh, Patrick Lencioni calls it, to have a, a meeting stew where you mix together your operating uh, meetings and your strategy meetings and you, your strategy maybe doesn't get the, the due the respect that it needs to do and the attention. So so very, very important to separate your operational meetings from your strategy meetings. Uh and getting started with your strategy meetings, one one practice is to have each of your strategy champions, and we talked about that in the previous episodes in action planning and in in, in building strategies. You have a strategy champion that's versus accountable for making it happen with that particular strategy, uh, your six, seven, eight, whatever strategy you have teed up in any one moment. And to have that strategy champion, you know, once they have formulate their project plan or action plan, review it with the overall leadership team and uh, continue to have them get input and so forth in terms of helping them execute the strategy. Yeah. So that's a good way to get started. And then as you continue your strategy meetings, you'll come back to that strategy champion. They'll have uh, ample opportunity to come back and talk about the progress in their action plan. Three types of strategy meetings. Okay. Uh, Number one is the periodic strategy meeting. Now this, this is you get your leadership team together, no less than quarterly, perhaps monthly, depending upon your organization. And the dynamics there. And remember we talk about the master plan. That is your main template. That is your main guiding document that came out, comes out of your uh, building your strategy. When you talk about uh, strategic path and converting the strategies into a, a master plan, sequencing them, assigning accountability, then timetables. So you use the, uh, your guiding document, your master plan, uh, as a highlight document for your, uh, strategy meetings. Uh, and, um it, it's an example, as I talked about in earlier episodes of, of the, uh, strategy machine in action, your, your sound strategy machine in action. Uh, you know, we talk about the identity being pretty timeless, whereas your strategy needs to be evolving. It needs to be flexible, that sort of thing to keep up with the current uh, challenges and opportunities. And so you need to continually, uh, revise, update, uh, your, your, Uh, strategy as represented in your master plan you'll uh, eliminate certain strategies because they uh, they know they they don't seem to be relevant as they once were you accomplish others you celebrate you uh, alter others you monitor and modify work in progress so that's what i like about this the strategy machine you and your leadership team are continually reviewing it and uh, keeping it alive so uh the uh Periodic strategy meeting is one type. The second type is ad hoc strategy meeting. There there could be special attention. Maybe you're having really need to bring the team together because you need to really roll up your sleeves and work together on a a particular uh, strategy action plan that needs a lot of attention. Uh, And then the other is an annual planning and review meeting. Uh, where you really take some time and effort, just like you did in, initially to put together your sound strategy. And maybe this takes upwards of a day or maybe even more in, for a bigger organization. And you want to review your strategic framework, your identity, your direction and execution, and then uh, really refresh your entire sound strategy. So those are three types of, uh, of uh, strategy meetings. Okay. Uh, let's now move to another, uh, key consideration in the ongoing operating mechanisms that you want to consider. And that's assessing strategic impact. Now, you can uh, assess how it's going in each of your strategies by uh, monitoring, modifying work in progress with strategy meetings, with checkpoints, perhaps, and, and maybe specific measures embedded in your projects. Um, But here I'm talking about you You don't want to have strategic initiatives to accomplish them in and of itself. That's that's cool. But the reason you have a sound strategy and the initiatives is to impact the overall organization performance. So you need to think not only of how's the initiative going, but what's the impact on the uh, performance of the organization whole? Not just one initiative, but the combination of initiatives that you have in your sound strategy. So the two main ways to monitor the uh, progress of uh, how it's going and you and your leadership team implementing the sound strategy, you've probably heard of these. One is management by inspection and the other is managed by exception. Managed by inspection is you go out and see for yourself. How's it going? What's the impact? What's going on out there? And each of these have its advantages and disadvantages. Uh, management by inspection, uh, you may have heard about, uh, MBWA managing by, uh, walking around. I like the CBWA caring by walking around. Uh, that was popularized by Kuzis and Povishner of the leadership challenge. Uh, there when you go out, you're genuine. You're not snooping around and spying and so forth. You're out there because you, you care to monitor what's going on, but you also. Are receptive for inputs questions and uh help you revise your your thinking perhaps so it's an opportunity to engage people get a real feel of what's going on constructive feedback uh, improvement ideas all the benefit of caring by walking around it's an art form and you uh, you got to really uh some people are natural at others you got to kind of work at it to be genuine when you're out there the disadvantage of uh um, Carrying by walking around or managed by inspection. It takes time, of course, and you're only getting snapshots. You're not getting a broad picture of what's going on. So the other type of uh, management control is management by exception. And here you're developing specific performance measures and monitoring progress uh, uh, against those uh, performance results, the measures. The advantage is that you get feedback on an ongoing basis. You assess performance results. You identify trends. You have identifying potential areas for strategic focus, your situation analysis that we talked about in an earlier episode. The disadvantage to measure by exception, you can't measure everything quantitatively. And the other one is that nature of business will dictate what can and should be measured. Now, the uh, recommendations I have for you in considering uh, developing performance measures is number one, identify critical success factors for your organization. Critical success factors. Now, these are the the key uh, pieces uh, that will make or break your organization. What are the key factors that can make or break your organization, number one? And can you develop a performance measure around that? See, what you don't want to do is just get a whole host of measures and so forth and so on. And what does this all mean? Focus, 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 which we continually talk about, the importance of that in sound strategy building. And so pick the critical few and see if you can measure those. Do not make the mistake of measuring things just because they're easy to measure, okay? That's a a major uh, faux pas many times of, of leadership teams. So the second thing you want to do in thinking of uh, performance measures is to review your critical success factors and determine if and how you can measure each. Can this critical success, excuse me, success factor be measured quantitatively? If so, describe the uh, appropriate measure or measures. Secondly, uh, develop a specific formula or formulas to uh, gather and measure the in- the information. And the third thing, determine just how the data is going to be collected. What, when, who. Okay. If you can't measure a critical success factor quantitatively, then you look at alternative means that can be used to assess results, surveys, focus groups, that sort of thing. And of course, you're, you're carrying by walking around, you're managing by inspection. Uh, is there an advantage in formalizing any carrying, carrying by walking around activities? So those are alternatives if you can't measure it quantitatively. Um, it's important as you develop performance measures to be clear in your terminology. Uh I have uh, five things here for you. Measure, that's the ongoing performance measure that you think is realistic for whatever you're trying to measure. You know, initially, you need some time to gather maybe information, some history. But you don't want to keep changing that just because you make it. That's a mistake that um, many times leadership teams make it. Uh, what you want to do is have the goal you could have a measure, and if you keep changing it doesn't not a good measure uh you may update it with history and so forth, but you want to pretty much make it timeless and you set a goal if you're kind of far away from that measure to get closer or even if you made the measure a goal to exceed it if it makes good business sense to do so so separate measure from goal okay goal is the uh the uh the Intent, future intent for a cer- certain time period. Goal and measure two different things. And the target is, of course, the realistic uh, quantitative standard that you set. Uh, the, the, uh, actual is what actually happens and the variance is the difference between the two. So measure is what you, uh, what you came up with to measure something. Target is the realistic quantitative standard the goal is a, a something you set for yourself to be on target or go over it or get closer to target and then you have the actual and the variance um uh, okay uh and those are some of the comments i had and the key one there is do, don't change the target just because you made it okay um there's something called a balanced scorecard uh, created uh, or or popularized by Kaplan and, and uh, Norton some years ago and it is very good idea. In other words, uh, there's a tendency organizations have to just tend to measure the financial, especially larger organizations, the uh, quarterly results and so forth. And then the other pieces that go into making up that result that don't get the scrutiny that they should. So they came up with the idea. First of all, with the caveat, uh, go beyond just the financials and they, they talked about different perspectives. They had different perspectives. My perspective, if you want to start playing with a balanced scorecard where you have enough measures that you have confidence in, critical success factors that go wider than just the financial, my perspectives are areas would be marketing, customer service, operations, processes, and workforce capability. My five, marketing, customer service, operations, processing and workforce capability. The first three are external measures. And the last two processes and workforce capability are internal measures. So you might just play with that and see if there are measures there that make sense, even though it may not be a critical success factor. It just makes sense for that particular area of emphasis or that perspective. Okay, that's for your consideration. Now that completes our our, our walk through the strategic framework, again, outlined in my book, uh, Making and Fulfilling Your Dreams as a Leader, uh, to help you formulate and execute a sound strategy, extremely, extremely important. Uh, next time, we're going to go to the third and final of the three uh, areas of emphasis, uh, my uh, imperatives for successful leadership. And that's uh, creating a uh, culture of commitment. And uh, we'll, we'll have uh, eight episodes on that. Okay, stay tuned for that. And uh, in the meantime, you take care of yourself. Good talking with you.